Welcome to the Blogger to Author Podcast, where we help you turn your content into a book so you can share your passion, build authority in your niche, and make a little money too. Now, here's your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Blogger to Author Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. I think today's episode is going to be of particular interest to those of you who are recipe creators, whether you're a food blogger or you just share occasional recipes on your blog or social media. Many of you have probably thought about creating a cookbook. Some of you may even have a digital cookbook that you sell on your website as a PDF. Whether you've actually put together your book or you're simply dreaming of doing it someday, I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Today, I'm interviewing Brittany Sewell, author of the cookbook, Simply Sugar Free. Brittany has been a health and fitness blogger for several years, and she turned her passion for sharing recipes made without refined sugar into a cookbook. That cookbook has helped her become known as an expert in sugar-free living, helping her land media attention while at the same time growing her business. A little bit more about Brittany. She is a wife and mom of two little ones. She is the author of the Simply Sugar-Free Cookbook and a health and fitness professional and yoga instructor in Abilene, Texas. Brittany is passionate about helping women live the healthy and fit life that they deserve and desire and believes that as women change, they become a catalyst to change the health of their families. She believes that there is a direct attack on the health of women that keeps them from living their happiest and fullest life. It is her passion to help call out the giftings in others and to help them identify the attacks of Satan on their destiny so that they can live in the fullness that God has for them and leave a healthy legacy for generations to come. Some things I want you to listen out for as you're going through this episode. First, I think you'll get some really great ideas from Brittany on how you can use your book to grow your business. Brittany's cookbook has helped her bring new clients into her sugar-free academy program, for example. It's also helped her build her status as an expert in going sugar-free, which has, among other things, helped her create the momentum she needed to launch her upcoming line of snacks, Simply More Snacks. Her cookbook is what allowed her to open many doors for her business. Also, I want you to realize that a lot of what has contributed to the success of Brittany's cookbook and the huge impact that it's had on Brittany's business is the fact that she has her cookbook in print. Having that printed copy of her book sitting next to her during a television interview is huge. Having her book for sale in stores in her community has helped her build brand recognition. Sharing photographs her fans have taken with their copy of the Simply Sugar-Free Cookbook has helped her build excitement around her brand. A lot of what Brittany's cookbook has brought to her business is due to the fact that she has her cookbook in print. So I hope this inspires you to work to get your cookbook into print too. I promise it's easier than you think. I've also put together a special freebie just for this episode, a cookbook planning guide. My hope is that this interview with Brittany helps inspire you to write and publish your own cookbook. So to help you get started, I've created a free cookbook planning guide for you so that you can start to plan out your cookbook. To download your copy of the free guide, you can either go to bloggertoauthor.com slash cookbook planner 
or head to the show notes at bloggertoauthor.com slash 33. Now, here's my interview with Brittany. Thank you so much, Brittany, for agreeing to be on the podcast and for sharing your experience with us. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. I am excited to have you because you have some very unique stuff going on. And so let's dive into it. I want to start out by hearing more about yourself, your business, and just a little bit about you and where you're coming from and how your book fits into that strategy. Yes, for sure. So um, my name is Brittany Sewell. I am from... Texas, West Texas, and I'm a mom of two. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I work from home with them. I am a health and fitness blogger. I'm a yoga instructor, and I'm also the author of the Simply Sugar-Free Cookbook. In 2014, after becoming a mom, I decided to challenge myself. I was already a blogger for years and challenged myself to give up sugar. It was something I had actually seen some people online doing and like sharing a little bit about like maybe a week challenge or, you know, a couple days. Mm-hmm. I was like, no way. I love sugar. There's no way I would ever even try to want to give up sugar. <laughs> and then I think it was just meant to be because a few other things started rolling into my like, you know, just my vision and like coming into things I was reading or watching online and a lot about just the effects of sugar and things like that. And um, just after just having my son being a new mom, knowing that well, I'm going to have to feed this kid eventually. And mm-hmm. hearing some of the things of how sugar impacts kids and how we're addicted to sugar at such young ages, I was just um, intrigued. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to do this. Honestly, though, it was probably a more strong motive about it was that, hey, I bet I could really ramp this up in my blog if I do this. Mm-hmm. Not really about the benefits of it with me, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do a year of no sugar. And, you know, I went into 2015, I'd read a few books at the end of 2014 and I was like, I'm going to have grace on myself. I'm just going to learn as I go, but I'm going to like stay away from the obvious sugars, but then learn about hidden sugars as I go. And man, it just snowballed and became a lifestyle that I wanted to continue. And then I began to teach people about it, wrote a cookbook about it and the rest is history, but it's been amazing, an amazing journey of how it all got started. So yes, absolutely. And so can you tell us a little bit more about your book and how you came across writing it, that sort of thing? Yes. So I, after giving up sugar in 2015 and kind of, I went a long time without having any, even just, um, alternative sweeteners as far as like natural sweeteners, like stevia. I used honey in my coffee instead, but I didn't make a lot of things in the beginning. And then I started playing towards the end of that first year with some different recipes. And I really think giving up sugar really pushed me to be in my kitchen um, and made me begin to love being in my kitchen and love cooking. And uh, just to share, I mean, I didn't grow up with like some, you know, it, it wasn't big in my family to cook. Like none of the women in my family really cook a ton. Um, I grew up as a very, very picky eater and like, Growing up, McDonald's is like my favorite place. We lived in a small East Texas town, and McDonald's was our restaurant that I mm-hmm. went to. We would, <laughs> funny story, we would actually go eat at a Mexican restaurant when I was little, and my mom would get me a happy meal from McDonald's and let me take it into the restaurant. And now I'm like, <laughs> I would never let my kid do that. Like, my mom was so nice. But, you know, I would force them to eat something. But I would take my little happy meal into the Mexican restaurant and go eat. But, um, so I grew up very picky. I remember growing up, I was like, I don't like any vegetables. Like, I liked corn on occasion. And that was really, I just forced myself to eat some 
when people were like, aren't you going to eat some vegetables? And I was like, and I like pickles. That's a vegetable. You know, I would laugh and be like, and I like French fries. Mm -hmm. So, you know, becoming a mom, I was like, soon enough, my son is going to eat what I eat and I want him to eat healthy. I mean, I, I desired to eat healthy because I worked out, I wanted to be healthier, but my eating was not good. And so really I began to pray about changing my taste buds, asking God, can you please help my taste buds change? And as I began Mm -hmm. to feed my son at six months, I, um, would buy whole, we did baby led weaning. So we fed him Mm -hmm. whole vegetables. Mm -hmm. And so I would just buy a new vegetable every time I went and I would try it. And I kept trying it until I began to like it. And now I eat tons of vegetables. And so all of that, I, you know, just, it was just kind of a, a growing experience as I was sugar-free and eating better and eating healthier. I started playing around in the kitchen more. And then after year one of being sugar-free, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this. And I had heard some people like really interested in it. And I don't even remember where the thought came from, but I decided to create a sugar-free academy. It's a 21-day academy where I teach people to give up sugar. I teach them, you know, because I went in blindsight. I just went in learning myself. And a lot of people, they're like, yeah, I kind of want to give up sugar, but I don't have time to learn about it or study about it. And there's so many hidden sugars in our food these days that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it really takes educating yourself on it to truly give up sugar. I see so many people that are like, yeah, I don't eat much sugar. And then they post things and I'm like, that is full of sugar. You just don't really know, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's sad and it's not their fault. It's, I mean, it's our, the food industry's fault. They just sneak sugar and stuff or they hide it with hidden names. And so I created this 21 day sugar free Academy that I know this is a long story. Sorry. No. (laughs) Um, A 21 day sugar free Academy that taught people how to give up sugar, taught them where hidden sugars were, even went into their why of wanting to give up sugar so that they could really dig deep within themselves and want to stick with it long-term. My desire is to help people give up sugar and sustain it long-term. And that's a big desire in my cookbook as well. Mm-hmm. So within that sugar-free academy, I, as a perk of being a part of that academy is that you would get exclusive recipes each week. I would give away, I think there were three recipes originally each week. So three weeks, nine recipes. And it was really a way for me to get recipes out there and let people try them. You know, because I'm a blogger, so when I cook something great, I post about it because that's what we do, you know, mm-hmm. especially in health and fitness. And so people are already saying, oh, I want that recipe, I want that recipe. And then um, I would post a lot on the blog, but then I realized if I'm going to write a cookbook, it was kind of just something that started stirring to me, like, I think I'm going to write a cookbook. And so the Academy began to allow me to test those recipes in other people's kitchens. So there was um, lots of recipes that came back with just positive reviews. People loved them. I actually, in my cookbook, I have little... Um, quotes from some of the people that went through my academy that love the recipes and like what they had to say about it. Um, and then there were some recipes I threw out there that just didn't go well, or people didn't make them as much, maybe because they seemed a little too hard to make, you know, too much time went into it. Like mm-hmm. I had a bagel recipe that did that. And since then I have a wonderful bagel recipe that takes no time, but the first one I had, it just took a lot of effort. And I noticed barely anyone even tried it because I think the time it took. And so it really just allowed me to play with recipes, see what people love, see what people, you know, could live without. And that's kind of how it began to evolve and the book began to come about. So you've taken us through the story so far up until you decided to write your cookbook. So then what was the writing process like and how did you go about actually putting the cookbook together and getting it in your reader's hands? Yeah, so I just kept saying, you know, like I said, I posted things on social media a lot and um, a lot of people have tried different of my recipes, even through my blog that I gave out for free. 
And people were always just like, oh, you need to write a cookbook. And I'd be like, it's coming, it's coming. But I didn't really have a goal of when. I was just like, I'll probably, really, I said, I'll probably work on it in 2017. And I was doing a mastermind call with a couple of friends that I had been doing mastermind calls with. And we're talking about it. And I already have most of my recipes done. You know, whether the ones that I tried in the academy and then some that no one had ever even seen or tried Um, And I had it all, you know, documented for myself and because I knew I would use it eventually. It was not very organized at the time, but I just knew I had it. Mm -hmm. And my friends, I was like, okay, I think I'm going to, I don't know what we were just talking about. And and it was in like September, October of last year. And they said, listen, you need to hustle and get this cookbook out by Christmas. Like Christmas is an ideal time to have this type of cookbook out so that people can buy it as gifts. And then people can start the new year with a healthy sugar-free cookbook and they kind of pushed Mm -hmm. me more because of the marketing of it because I mean I might would have gotten a lot of sales if I would have launched it in January but really my intention was to start writing it in January that would have put me somewhere into spring or middle of the year which isn't really an ideal time to launch a sugar-free cookbook (laughs) I mean once we started talking about it it was like it's true the ideal time was Christmas and so (laughs) I was really I just went with it I went for it and decided okay I'm doing this and so like I said I had a lot of my content, you know, already made because of these recipes. And Mm -hmm. so I only spent probably four months writing the cookbook. And even when I say four months, let me tell you my schedule, my schedule to write my cookbook, because I, like I said, I'm a mom of two. And at that time, my daughter was only probably six months and my son was two. Mm -hmm. And I teach, I don't quite as much now, but I taught several classes outside of my home as far as yoga and things like that go. So, I mean, I'm quite busy and I have one yoga class that I teach on Friday mornings at 5 a.m. So it's early, early day. But really, I began to create a tradition from it. And I decided, okay, Fridays are going to be my day to focus on my cookbook. And I kind of took the tips of what a lot of people say of like, get up early and get work done if you really want to succeed when no one else is awake. Mm-hmm. There's no distractions, no social media stuff going on. You know, all your family's asleep. And that's what I did. So I taught class at 5. I would go sit in the sauna right after the class for like 10 minutes. Then I would go to Starbucks, sit down for an hour and a half to two hours every Friday and write my cookbook. Mm-hmm. And I, I might've worked on it three to five times other than that outside of those Friday mornings. But for four months I worked every Friday morning for an hour and a half to two hours and put this cookbook together. And it kind of blows my mind that I got it done in that amount of time and only using such a, you know, not, I wasn't consumed with it. I was still doing everything else that I do. I just, I cut out certain times and then I would put my phone away. I wouldn't look at my phone. I wouldn't get distracted by social media. I would just work for an hour and a half to two hours. And it really does prove the point that when you give yourself that time and you put away distractions, like you really can get so much done. And so I did. And I mean, the beginning, the writing process, it was really, um, I just sat down and I wrote down an outline. Like these are the things that I want to go over. Like you know, cause I knew I didn't want my cookbook to just be, here's some recipes for you. I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to give some tips. I wanted to give some nutrition advice. I wanted to people to get to know me. I'd been reading lots of sugar-free book, sugar-free books <clears throat> and different cookbooks and things like that. I've been looking at and the books that I was most attracted to were books that people talk to you. Like you were sitting at coffee with them. I love that people, they were just real. It kind of felt like they had just written a blog post and was talking to you versus a very formal written book or novel, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I kind of already knew the style that I wanted. I knew kind of what I wanted the design of the book to look like. And so I had that in the back of my mind because I'd already been looking at books and kind of 
knowing, okay, I'm going towards this. So I kept some of the books that I knew I wanted to do mine similar to or write like. Mm -hmm. And I would take those books with me and kind of, you know, look at them and see what do I like, what do I not like about them. And I just began to write and share my story. You know, when it's coming from a place of passion, a place where you love, a place where you desire to help other people and you're already living this lifestyle, it really just flowed. But having that outline really helped keep me on track. And so I just went with the outline of telling my story, the different tips I wanted to give, and then even the outline of different recipes I wanted to give. Awesome. And then did you have all of your photography done at that point? Because obviously cookbook is uh, pretty food photo heavy. Yes. So what was that <laughs> process like? Oh, it was crazy. Um, it was awesome. But, you know, I'm not one. I'm not a perfectionist in general. I'm not a detailed person. My Instagram account is not the perfect pictures. You know, I'm I've just never been like that. I'm more natural, more. This is me. Sorry if it's not perfect. You know, I like to do things well, but I'm not going to obsess over the tiny things. And so if I was an amazing food photographer, I probably would have had all my pictures done. And if you are an amazing food photographer and you're going to write a cookbook, take your pictures as you go, as you cook it, because it would save you a lot of trouble. But since I didn't have that, um, we have a photography friend here and we actually bartered with him. My husband did some work with him and he did the photos for free. So that was awesome. A great way to cut costs on startup of my cookbook. Mm-hmm. And he, I cooked everything. I spent like two weeks or not two weeks, two or three days cooking over 30 recipes and had them all laid out in my kitchen. I borrowed, um, some really fun dishware from friends, told them kind of what I was looking for and got a bunch of dishware from friends and kind of mapped it out in my head, each thing that I was going to put stuff in. And then I have a really big farmhouse table and I just set it all up in there and he did amazing on the photos. I couldn't be happier. And we just took pictures of them all in my own kitchen in my, around my house. Just like we have really great lighting in our dining room. So it's kind of perfect, but we did all the photos in my house with my, after I cooked it in like two days. So a lot of work right there at the end, but it, it was amazing. And even, you know, I even looked online and like at other cookbooks on Pinterest of like the cover of my book, because I wanted it to be a photo on the cover. Mm-hmm. And that was something else. I just kind of dreamed like, what do I want this to look like? And we remodeled this kitchen ourselves. And so I was like, I really want my picture in my kitchen. So on the front of my cookbook, you see my kitchen that we remodeled. He took all of those pictures and everything. And it was really great. Yes, and I will, of course, include the link to Brittany's book in the show notes so you can see that front cover and get more of a peek on there. So to continue the story, you get all of your content together and remind me, I believe you had it designed. Is that correct? Yes, I did. Okay, and so you get your document back from the designer, and then, yes. you know, so you could sell it just as an ebook. And so I'd like to hear more about your decision about actually getting physical copies printed. Was that something that you had always planned to do, or did you make that decision later in the process? And kind of how did that play out? It was really a decision I think I had always had. Like, I. I enjoy having cookbooks in hand. I feel like that's one that if I had it as an ebook, I wouldn't utilize it as much. Since I have Mm -hmm. it as a hard copy, I use it often, you know. And so I had a big vision of what I wanted it to look like. Like I mentioned, like the photos, the layout of it, the color schemes of it kind of. 
I just had a really big vision. I'm really happy with the way it turned out, like the design work. And I wanted to see this book in hand. And I know I probably could have just gotten me one printed if I wanted, but I just felt like it would be so much more special for the people that bought it to have it in hand. And so it was really an easy decision for me. I wanted to do it just a printed copy for them. Yes. And so tell me about how you're distributing the book now. So I um, self-published on CreateSpace, which is through Amazon. And mm-hmm. so with that, I don't have to, um, you don't have to buy a huge amount of, cook- of books to have at your home and ship them all out every mm-hmm. time someone orders. The great thing about doing that is they print to order. So if someone wants to do that, I just have, I have a landing page on my website, brittanysoul.com slash cookbooks. It's super easy. That's what I send people to. So they click through to my website and then they go straight to CreateSpace, order their cookbook and they get it sent to them. And I would say mm-hmm. from a business point of view and from my side, the only downfall of that is that if people were buying their cookbook through my website only, I would be able to stay in contact with them because I would have their email and things. That's one downfall of using CreateSpace that I've seen is I wish I could have their email because I would love to still stay connected with them. And like, as I offer more sugar-free stuff, I'm sure some of those people would love to see that, you know, and know what it is mm-hmm. so that they could be part of it but I'm not able to get their information. So that's the only downfall. So you have also, I believe, local stores that carry your cookbook as well. Is that still true? Yes, it is. So I really just reached out to some local stores about uh, bringing my book into their stores. The second half of the year, I'm really starting to push my cookbook press-wise and like doing things. I've done some things on the news, the local news where I've shown some recipes. I just did one where I did a back to school snacks. And so I'm able to put my cookbook up there, tell them some of the recipes that are from my cookbook and things like that. And just give tips for back to school. I'm actually about to do a road trip um, with the cookbook tour. I'm going to be doing uh, sugar-free workshops and presenting my book and sharing sugar-free tips with them and things like that. And so you know, I've been able to get my cookbook in store in local stores. I'm hoping to try to get it into some other stores as well. It helps to really put yourself out there and try to, you know, get to know, let people in your community know that you have published a cookbook, reach out to other stores where you can do seminars or, you know, an author talk or things like that, whatever your book is about. With me, it's really, it's a lot, it feels a lot simpler for me because I can easily offer a sugar-free seminar with some samples or something, you know, I'm going to be partnering with a local, um, it's a like olive oil store, you know, those stores, that, but they have recently opened a restaurant within that store. And we're going to be, we're talking about, um, doing a featured menu where it'll be food from my cookbook that they'll cook. And that's what oh. you can come and eat that day. And so we're working on that. So, you know, there's a lot of things you can do after you publish a book, as far as reaching out to the community or even wider than that getting to know the community and presenting it to stores and things like that. Yes, yes. And those are some great examples of how you've really leveraged your cookbook to build your platform and build your business. And like you mentioned, you were able to get on the local news. You're able to get all of this attention to your business. And I would imagine that it would be a lot more difficult, if not close to impossible, to get that kind of attention to your business if you didn't have that book in hand. Right. That's for sure. It's definitely brought a lot of a lot more eyes on my business. And when they see recipes from me and things like that, it always just reminds them, oh, I need to buy their hair cookbook. And they'll go, you know, just more people are buying the cookbook. And 
it definitely enables me to reach more people because after they buy my cookbook, they want to maybe get into some of my online boot camps or my sugar-free academy or things like that. And so it's, it's really created a nice flow of getting more people and more, like you said, eyes on my business, more people involved in my business, more people knowing and trusting me because now they have my cookbook and my story in their home, in their kitchen. So it definitely has brought more attention to my business. Yes, absolutely. So let's kind of take a step back here and thinking about the whole process of getting your book out into the world. What was surprisingly hard about writing your book and what did you find surprisingly easy? Surprising, I'll start with surprisingly easy (laughs) was actually just writing the book. Just sitting down and writing was very easy because like I said, I did it in a time where I wouldn't be distracted, which I definitely think helped. I'm a person that I like to sit down in a good chunk of time. I'm not good at like, here, I'll just have 10 minutes and write. Like I had an hour and a half most days at least to just sit and write and there weren't any distractions and it was a nice atmosphere. I had my coffee. It was early in the morning. You know, you kind of, I got to see like it go from dark to light outside, which all just fuels me. So I know those things like Mm kind of fuel me as a person. So I put myself in a nice environment that really spoke to me. And then I just wrote and it was peaceful and great. And I loved it. And it was actually a great experience. And it kind of makes me want to write another one now that I'm talking about it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, surprisingly hard was probably, and not that it was bad because they did a wonderful job on the design work, but it was, you know, anytime you have to work with someone else and wait on someone else and it was just hard. Some of it might've been because of me being impatient. Some was maybe some miscommunication, but it ended up being amazing. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't that they didn't do it great. They did amazing. But, you know, when you're waiting in anticipation in anticipation to see design work and stuff like that, you know, it's kind of hard. But I would say if you know you have a date that you want the book out or you've been saying the books will be out this date, you need to clearly communicate that multiple times to your designers and people that you're working with outside of your book, you know, that are going to be giving you material for your book because they need to know that and have that prevalent in their mind just as much as it is in yours because you know that but if you don't communicate it they're not going to know and you can't assume that they're hurrying to get your stuff because they're working with tons of other people but absolutely that is one thing I didn't mention if you don't mind it kind of goes back but something I did that really helped me in the beginning was remember when I mentioned that I decided to write my cookbook in like September October and I published it in December part of that was I was going to push for pre-orders. And so I, I sold over a hundred books before it published. And so I pushed for pre-orders um, before Christmas and really just opened it up to that. And I even did a, a bundle. I made a shirt and a, and did a shirt and cookbook bundle. And the shirt just had a inspirational quote on it that I love. It says you were made for more. And then it has hashtag simply sugar free. And Mm -hmm. I only made those for pre-orders of my book. They ordered them ahead of time. They ordered a bundle. They got a deal with a shirt in the book. Um, It kind of revved up some more attention because of that in the beginning. And then doing the pre-orders and having a date helped push me. And it was great. And Mm -hmm. we got it out by Christmas. And so it was great. Excellent. So what advice do you have for other bloggers and business owners who want to write a book? I think my advice would be just go for it. Don't sit around and wait. Don't say, well, in 2017 or whatever, 2018 now, 
you know, don't say I'm going to then I'm going to then, um, but just go for it. And then another thing I would say is take your followers along the journey with you. That's one thing I did. My followers knew before I was even writing the cookbook that I was going to write a cookbook because I, I would say things like this one's, you know, I'd share a recipe or I'd share a picture. I wouldn't give the recipe away, but I'd share a picture or something. I made. I'd say, these are for sure going to be in my rest in my cookbook, you know, and people say, when's your cookbook coming out and just gets attention coming, you know? And then if someone say, Hey, can I have this recipe? I'd say, Hey, I have tons of great recipes on my blog, but this one's going to be in my cookbook, but stay tuned. It'll be out in 2017, you know, or something. And so mm-hmm. I took people along the journey. And then as I began the process, even, even if it was just every Friday morning, I let them know I'm working on my cookbook, you know, or letting them see the behind the scenes of the photo shoot or things like that. And now with Instagram stories, there's so much opportunity for you to really take people behind the scenes, but really take people along the journey and they'll, they'll be ready to buy your cookbook even more because they'll just be so invested in your journey as well. They'll be supportive of you, excited for you, and they'll want to support you when it's out. And so definitely take people along the journey as you go. Yes, absolutely. And speaking of supporting you, how can our listeners find you? You can find me on my website. It is BrittanySewell.com, just my name.com. Um, there you'll find my blog. You'll find uh, stuff about my cookbook, my sugar-free academy, even my online boot camps. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Brittany Sewell, just my name as well. So super easy, just Brittany Sewell. Yes. And if you are inspired by this whole idea of sugar-free recipes in the show notes, I'm going to put a link to a place where you can go to get a free recipe from Brittany. Yes. On my website, I have several of those. So go check them out for sure. Do you have any final tips, advice, or thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say just to be confident in what you're offering people, to know that you do have something to offer. You don't have to be an expert at something to write a book. You just, as long as you have experience with it, you're going to connect with the people that you need to connect with. People are drawn to you because of who you are. And so be vulnerable, be real, put yourself out there and share the experience, the advice, the expertise, whatever your niche is, share about that. And you are going to help people. And so don't be afraid to, Put yourself out there. Don't think that you're not capable of writing a book because you certainly are and you have something to offer the right people. Absolutely. And that is a great note to end on. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Brittany, and for sharing your cookbook journey. I know a lot of food bloggers out there are going to be incredibly excited to listen to this. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I loved it. My pleasure. Thanks again for coming on the show, Brittany. I know the listeners will learn a lot from this interview, especially the food bloggers and recipe creators out there. If you're interested in getting the free sugar-free granola recipe that Brittany mentioned in the interview, head to the show notes at bloggertoauthor.com slash 33. There you can find where you can connect with Brittany on social media and learn where you can get a copy of her cookbook too. Again, that's bloggertoauthor.com slash 33. Also, be sure to head to the show notes to get your copy of my free cookbook planning guide, which you can also get at bloggertoauthor.com slash cookbookplanner. This guide will help you get started on your cookbook so you can use it to help you stand out from other food bloggers and recipe creators and to help you grow your business too. 
Listening to a podcast is great, but it's most valuable when you actually put what you learn into action. So I encourage you to take action now by getting your free cookbook planning guide. If you're still wondering if you're up for publishing a cookbook, I want you to know that you can do this. I promise it's completely doable and you are 100% capable of creating the cookbook that will change your blog and your business. Do a little bit of work every week, just like Brittany did, and it will come together a lot faster and much more easily than you think. Just take the first step and get started. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Until next time. Happy writing. Thanks for joining us for the Blogger to Author podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the podcast with your friends and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about Blogger to Author and the podcast at bloggertoauthor.com. Till next time, happy writing.